This is your woo-woo best friend, a show about attainable transformation. Hello, it's Andy. Welcome to the show. In this community, we share tools, resources, free and fair priced workshops, retreats, and gatherings, all intended to help you find your true north. Today's episode is from our live event celebrating Women's History Month. Our guests today are truly my dream conversation. I will introduce you to them in just a moment. And this is truly an example of one of those free events that we are hosting for this community. My goal here on the show is to help you find your most authentic self to move from self-doubt, overwhelm, comparison, paycheck to paycheck living into a life of expansive creativity and abundance. And that's what this episode is all about. You are in the right place if you are into energetics and enhancing your connection to self, to spirit, to the community and the world around you. You're in the right place if you are paving your own path in a way that aligns with your soul and highest calling. You are in the right place if you love all things wellness and travel And you want to see the world while caring for your mind, body, and soul. That is what the women in this episode embody through and through. As you listen to this episode, if you find yourself feeling like you are wanting more conversations like this, if you're looking for a collaborative, inspiring space, I invite you to join me and many other women just like the women on this episode today, incredible entrepreneurs, creatives, and leaders in our new club. It's called Club Cascara. I am absolutely going to promote it here because I want you to know about it. I want you to have an opportunity to join. It's the price of a yoga class and you get so many incredible resources. When you join, you'll receive access to our live events like the one you're going to hear today and an extensive resource library of meditations strategic templates, playlists, and more. And also we meet virtually once a month. And that is such a special time to be together. You can join the club at weestudio.com slash club. It's O-U-I-W-E studio.com slash club. Now let's get into the episode. All right. So First, I want to introduce you to everyone here. So first, meet Savannah. This is Savannah over here. Savannah is a singer-songwriter who gained her early success on YouTube, garnering over 150 million views, 650K followers, and her latest single is titled Wait for the Sun. Savannah's music transcends the limitations of a singular genre. She's a bit alternative, pop, and indie all-in-one. She's been featured on Refinery29, Bill board Howard Stern and many more and she is gearing up to release her long-awaited debut album so welcome Savannah okay meet Haleta Haleta is next and Haleta is an actress a writer a model who is foraying into experimental filmmaking she's also living a nomadic life right now which we'll talk about Her debut book, It Will Start With a Feeling, is a collision of diary entries, abstract poeticism, and candid thoughts to reveal an unfolding transformation. 
The book is an open window into her mind. You can also find more of her writing and musings on the magic of life on her substack, which is called Electric Blue. Welcome, Haletta. All right, meet Michaela. Michaela is a writer, a certified sexologist and sex coach specializing in intimacy, connection, and desire. Michaela was on my podcast earlier this season. We discussed codependency, co-commitment, and conscious relationships. Michaela spent over a decade as a journalist writing about the female experience for leading women's magazines while advocating for equality and sexual health resources for all. Welcome, Michaela. Okay, Brandy is next. Brandy is a writer and visionary. Her life's work centers around well-living and creativity. She owns the Escapism Retreat and is the creator and editor-in-chief of Lumen Magazine, a well-living print magazine for people of color. Brandy is also an author. She published a journal devoted to clarity, gratitude, joy, and healing called The Self-Study Journal. And her latest book is called Truths and Freedom. Welcome. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Meet Alex. Hi, Alex. Hello. She is an influencer, speaker, writer, plus model, and creative director. She's built a brand on being the virtual BFF every woman needs. She's a cheerleader for her community. She encourages everyone she touches to believe in themselves through practical exercises, humor, inspiration, and honesty. She has a goal of helping others navigate life's roadblocks and become the best version of themselves. Welcome, Alex. And Michelle Fan, who needs no introduction. Michelle, 15 years ago, are you fangirling? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to play it cool. We don't have to play it cool. 15 years ago, Michelle uploaded her first makeup tutorial on YouTube. She didn't realize it then, but she was creating the blueprint for the creator economy. She's amassed over 14 million followers across her social platform. She's launched multiple successful companies, and she's been named in Forbes 30 Under 30. Michelle's always believed in the power of shaping your own story. She aims to empower people to dream big and become the main character of their stories. Welcome, Michelle. Okay, so we're gonna get started with questions. This is a question for everyone. We're gonna do a little bit of celebrating some of the goals that we've set for ourselves for the year ahead. So we'll do some future casting and some manifesting. So I want you to take a minute and consider this day a year from now. And I wanna ask you, what will have occurred for you from now until then? So what's one thing that you plan to be celebrating at this point next year. One thing you want to be celebrating at this point next year. All right, Anyone, anybody feeling called to share first? Michaela, I'll go to you first. What are you going to be celebrating this point next year? I think just um, the consistency and growth of my private practice, seeing clients and being able to work with as many women as possible um, across many different portals would be my dream. Amazing. And so it will be. And so it will be. Awesome. Haleta, what about you? What's something you'll be celebrating in a year from now? Hmm. It's hard to choose what my number one would be, but this was the first thing that came into my head. Um, 
The first book that I published, I self-published, and I'm working on a novel right now that I actually want to pitch to publishers. So ideally, it would be that I got a book deal and it'll be going into print later in the year. So that's gorgeous. What I would like. All right, we will be looking for your book on shelves. Yes, amazing. Savannah, what about you? The first thing that popped into my head was. Um, I think celebrating an album. I've been doing music for over 15 years and I've never released like a full album with a concept. And yeah, I think um, that's the biggest thing that I'm really looking forward to. And I can't wait to actually have it done and just celebrate that. And then we'll all have a party and listen to your here. music together. The, right the party here is going to be room. here. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Here. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> yes, here. Awesome. Brandy, what about you? What's something we'll be celebrating for you a year from now? Um, I am looking forward to doing more things like this, connecting with more women. Um, and I think scaling my business, I really would like to not only be the host of my retreats, but also have other hosts under and um, I would love it if Lumen Magazine were in all of the stores. All Amazing. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. And so it will be. Yes. yes. So. Alex, what are we going to be celebrating next year? I don't know why, but it can feel so scary to claim these things for yourself. Like, it's so interesting. Like, that I'm like, oh, I shouldn't say that. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that I'm celebrating that I've written a book. So I'm working with um, a literary agent now and pitching actively and hoping that by this time next year it will have gotten picked up. And um, I have just a lot of excitement about that. I think I moved to L.A. to be a writer and through the process of life, I've kind of lost that identity. And now it feels so scary to claim that I'm an artist or that I'm a writer and it just feels like so scary. And, and so I feel like this is a beautiful place to be able to claim that because it's something I've been working on behind the scenes, but I haven't really talked about a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that I will be on my way to being a published author, but at least have my, have my book have been sold and have written it. Amazing. You know, and I love this having to claim it in front of another it's my just mustache a group, is sweating <laughs> group of women it's so good though it's so good for us to do it which is why i wanted to ask this question because i think it's i hope that all of you after we have this conversation will do the same with each other i think it's really really important so michelle what about you what are we going to be celebrating i'm so glad i'm last because i'm i'm hearing everyone's like well that's actually a really good question to ask because part of manifestation is you really have to visualize what it is you want to create. And as everyone was talking, I was thinking, wow, like everyone who's saying something, it's literally part of something I want to build. Something I've always wanted to build and I hope by next year it's launched is this product because I've been waiting years for AI to get to this point to help me with this. But it's essentially a platform that I want to build to help the creators, the middle class creators grow and to essentially help creators accelerate and scale, whether it's launching a business or uh, developing a product or reaching a new audience or growing. But the idea is that helping creators continue doing what they love, which is creating, which is evolving, which is connecting and building community. Most importantly, like being able to do it for a living. I think that's really important to me because I used myself as a guinea pig for so long and doing a lot of trial and error. And now I feel super excited and I've been meeting with the right people too. I'm kind of like Nick Fury right now where I'm finding like all the different superheroes to build my Avengers team. But I hope in a year from now, this is a product that a lot of people in this room can use that can really help. Most importantly, the intention is to really truly help you grow and accelerate as a creator. 
Brilliant. And we will also have a party to launch that yes. here. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. Okay, Alex, I have a question for you. I'm going to go to you next. In the spirit of celebrating women and who we're all becoming, let's talk a little bit about celebration of loving ourselves. You've said that if we cannot love and accept ourselves as we are, it can be really difficult for others to love us fully. What's your perspective on how we can begin to love and accept ourselves? That is a big question. I think without realizing it, I think almost everything that we do comes from a desire to be seen and to be known and to belong. And I feel like we are constantly seeking validation outside of ourselves for that. And if the work can start from within, I just think it'll save us a lot of time. It's, it's so, it's so easy to, to seek outside yourself to find out who you are. And I think we're always told like, get out there and go find yourself but you will only find yourself within. And so I think it's a baby step thing. I think it's first deciding that you want to know yourself and that you are prepared to accept every part of yourself, the shadows, the light, because that one cannot exist without the other. And I think it takes a lot of work to be able to build ourselves up to a point where our egos aren't destroyed when we get negative feedback or when we find something about ourselves that we don't like. Because we all are living within a conditioned pattern. We have all had our own experiences that have shaped us. And those narratives tend to just kind of jump up and take over everything that's happening around us, even if it's not relevant to the moment. So the inner healing, I think, just starts with a commitment to do that. For me, I decided that I was going to do whatever it took to figure out what that looked like, and it was baby steps. And I remember the day that I said out loud, like, I'm open for guidance. I want to trust myself. I, I did everything under the sun to learn to trust myself because I realized I was not, I didn't know what to order on Uber for dinner. I couldn't figure out what to watch on Netflix. I didn't know what I wanted to wear. So how could I choose someone to be in a partnership with? How could I choose which jobs to take? Um, I think it all stems from a very strong sense of self and it's a, it can be playful. We just getting to know yourself. Like I wrote down this morning in my journal, I was like, I like flirting with myself. And then that sounds like so silly, but it's like, you know, when you're in the kitchen, you have an inner dialogue and something comes up and you can have like inside jokes with yourself, like knowing yourself as intimately and loving yourself and all the quirks and details about you that you love about your daughter or your partner or your best friend, like the things that make them, them, the good, the bad and the ugly we can also do that for ourselves. So I think if we can see the love that we have for ourselves through the lens of how we love others, that's a really great place to start. Mm, yeah, so, so, so good. Brandy, I want to go to you next. You wrote recently that the world can't run at its full electric capacity if we are dimming our light. And you encourage women to turn their lights up, like way up. So I'd love to hear from you. What are some ways that we can help each other to turn our lights way up? Oh, that's a great question. I think um, recognizing the light in one another and setting an intention to see it. Um, recently, I just returned from a retreat and all the women on this particular retreat, I don't know, it was like everybody was content creators. And so if anybody was doing anything, it was like, oh, wait, no, back up. Oh, wait, no, Get, you're in the light right there, you know, and they're capturing it. I saw your them. dancing video, girl. Did you see? Uh -huh. We made a I whole video. It. <laughs> it was amazing. And so everybody was literally trying their best to see the other person in their best light and then be able to show them, like, look at what you look like. Look at look at how beautiful you are. And so um, and so I think that whole idea of, you know, turning our lights all the way up, we we t we tend to dim down, 
you know, it's, it's even like in manifesting what we want, like we shy away from it, from saying it out loud. And so when we open our ears and our hearts to listen and ask, what do you want, you know, and support, what do you really want for yourself? Who do you really want to be? How do you want to see yourself? So really it's just giving that to someone else. And then that person giving it to somebody else. And then we just pass it around and we really intentionally see each other in our best lights. Yeah. So beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. I see the light in every one of you and everyone here today. It's, it's so important to do, to do that work. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. Michelle. So you are the world's first influencer. You are. You took a hiatus for a little while to focus on your mental well-being and your mental health. And today you're one, you are running one of the most prestigious beauty brands. We all love it. It's in our gift bags. We're obsessed. Um, and you do it with a uniqueness that's really all your own. You're doing it your way through and through. Can you talk about some of the modalities that have supported you in continuing to operate at such a high level and take care of your mental well-being at the same time? Yeah. Um, I'd say like, I, I got really lucky with my own brand with M because I was able to self-fund it myself. So I think just, you know, not having other investors breathing down my necks where I have to like make this product and launch on this time and, and just crazy growth. I think that was good for my mental health. And I think in the past, um, when I was a creator and I was so focused on growing the numbers, it was a lot of that outside validation that I needed. I needed to show people, hey, I am worthy. Hey, I, um, I am a somebody. And it got to a point where I was a lot of, oftentimes I was just chasing after the wrong values and I forgot to ask myself what were my true values. And so now that, um, I have my own brand and I'm so lucky that I was able to self-fund it because I had a really great exit from another company. Um, now I can actually take this time to know myself, like establish my own values. Like, what do I care about? I care about having good company culture. What does that mean? Having good company culture? Well, it's having company culture is almost like an extension of how you want to live. And so I want to make sure that, um, everyone has like paid vacation at least one month. And then if they need to take more time off or they want to work from home more, just let us know. Um, like open policy, a trust policy, like we trust each other. Um, people on my team. I don't want micromanagers. I don't like being micromanaged. And so I don't want to hire people who are micromanaging other people. So that was really important for me to really understand my own values and project that onto my company. And I'd say like that really helped balance out my work life and then my, my personal life too, because I believe your work life is a reflection of your personal life when you own your business. Yeah, so important. And we all want a month vacation. So paid vacation. Yeah, a month paid vacation. Amazing. So, so good. Uh, Michaela, I have a question for you next. We're in a time when perhaps more than ever we desire to be seen, which is what Brandy's talking about, and heard and loved without judgment, which is what we've all been talking about. Can you talk a little bit more about intimacy? That is your specialty and what it means in the cultural context of our present moment. Yeah, I think we're at the most beautiful intersection. It's both difficult and beautiful because we're coming out of COVID, which really affected all of our means of communication and how we connect with people and especially how we seek intimacy. And I actually talked about this right before COVID in 2019. I had published an article saying that we are in a connection deficit. And I truly believed that we had like lost our ability to connect. And then COVID hit and it actually kind of rattled us in a way that was helpful 
But then what we realized was that we wanted that connection, but we didn't know how to go about getting it. And so I think that right now that, you know, intimacy is sort of like a buzzword at the moment, but I think that really, you know, what I think is important is to go inward and to be able to find intimacy with yourself, which is sort of what we've all covered, before you ask for it outwardly. And we have these hugely outward-facing lives, like social media, we're always being perceived, whether it's, you know, through our Instagram, through TikTok, any outlet, we're sort of being perceived at all times. And I think that sort of allows us to lose our perception of ourselves. And so how do we regain the perception of ourselves outside of those exterior perceptions? And, you know, I think a really big thing that I think about a lot is like there's two main categories that we define ourselves in and that's our relationships, usually our romantic relationship, and our work. And when we strip those two th huge things away, who is left? And I um, had the very special experience of having two, those two things stripped from me at once a handful of years ago. And I really was sitting there being like, okay, I can't identify with this thing anymore that I've been doing for my entire career. And I can't identify with this relationship that I've been showing to others as like a great relationship. Now I kind of have to do the work of figuring out what's underneath there. And I think that's a really special experience and it's a way for us to look at ourselves and as we've all said, give ourselves, you know, like a soft landing and some compassion. And um, yeah, through those trials, we can really find our inner, soft, juicy, intimate being. Mm, so delicious. Haleta, I have a question for you next. You wrote recently on your Substack about the process of giving things up in order to create something of substance. In your life, you're focusing on freedom, transformation, and unlocking your inner artist. And in exchange, you're choosing a life of uncertainty and centering on it being okay to not know. So in that process of the unknown, what transformations are you finding? In the process of the unknown, what transformations am I finding? Well, I think that's something that's not really talked about when we're discussing transformation. It's like, what are the things you want to gain and how do you transform to get them without realizing how transformation is also really a loss and you have to come to terms with that loss to make space for what you want to bring in. So what I've been noticing is that like, the things I think I want, um, they aren't even the things I want. <laughs> like, I'm noticing through the process of transformation, it's, it's almost better for me just to be in the moment and be like, okay, if I want to be an artist and I don't want to have a nine to five, if I want freedom, I have to lose stability. I have to lose a certainty that many other people have in their lives. And it's going to make me feel shaky, but it's going to grow something else. So through that transformation and that loss, I start gaining like a strength that can't really be taken away from me. And then through that strength, I realize, oh, I can use that to create whatever vision I want. So it's, it's just kind of like a constant paying attention to what you're losing, like just, and making sure it aligns with your values and just, I don't know, it's nice to be surprised. Like, I feel like we've had so many people talking about vision boards and I think it's amazing. Like, I think that practice is, it's truly life-changing. I've watched so many people's, my friends' lives change. 
But for me, I don't know, for some reason, vision boards never really worked. And maybe I'm just not quite a visual person. I'm more of like a feelings-based person. So it's nicer for me just to be like having an internal feelings board, I guess, <laughs> and having that constantly evolving and um, seeing just what naturally like synchronizes into your life. So, yeah. The synchronicities are so important. Yeah, I love yeah. They're so fun. <laughs> yes, thank you. Savannah, you're known for creating music that stays really true to who you are, and you've committed to that authenticity, even when it can be really challenging. Um, my question for you is, how do you stay true to yourself in an industry that can often want to push you outside of staying true to yourself, and what liberation are you finding in that process? Oh, wow. Um, so I just have been kind of discovering that and feeling really comfortable with like who I am deep down. For so many years, I was trying out these different versions of myself or a version that, you know, a record exec told me would be the good way to like make it. Um, if you wear this, if you change your name, if you put a sticker on your face. Like I've heard it all. And I, I definitely experimented and tried different things. And at the end of the day, I just never felt really good about it. I liked the songs. I liked the visuals, but it just didn't feel me, um, deep down. And you know, what's the point of like creating art if it's not really who you are. And so, yeah, I just, I, I truly want to be me and make this music and have everything just feel so authentic. Um, and that's been a very liberating and exciting thing because it's just, it hasn't been that way for a, a while. Um, it gets very easy to like fall into these patterns when people are telling you to be a certain way. Cause then you want to kind of believe these like big people in suits, right? Like they're just like, Oh yeah, well that's going to make you make it. And it's just not how it is. So, um, yeah, it, it, it feels great to, to make art and music that is, um, deep down what I've always wanted to do. And it just, it feels so good. And I actually want to like share it with people and celebrate it before I was kind of timid about it. Um, uh, but now I want to play me, me, my music for my friends and my boyfriend and, and yeah, I feel proud of it. So it feels like in every one of the answers thus far, like one of the things that's really coming up across this whole group is that need to stay so true to yourself, to do it your way, to not necessarily take the money from the big companies, to not take the money from the record execs, to write your book in the way you want to write it. And I think that's a really important lesson for all of us to hear and to celebrate in this room is that really staying deeply connected to your feelings and what your values are. And I, I'm just like hearing you say that just really, it just feels really important, really, really important. So thank you for sharing that. Um, okay. So let's see, Michelle, I'm going to go back over to you. You've shared that you follow the idea that universe or God or source typically has one of three answers to our prayers. It's either a yes and not yet, or I have something better for you. Tell us a little bit about how that's played out in your life. Um, yeah, I, 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 I said that, I feel like I said that so long ago. I was, I think I was like 26. I'm 35 now. So it's kind of interesting hearing that because I haven't heard that in a while. Um, 
now that I'm older, now that I'm more layered and battle tested, I feel like what I meant by that was it really stems down to intuition. I think intuition is a wonderful honing tool. It's like a compass, internal compass within you that can help you reveal the clarity that you need in the moment. And this is just my own opinion. I've always felt like intuition is my link to the divine, to God, to source. Um, it's personal for everyone, but it, to me it's divine. And I've always noticed like whenever I made the right career moves, when I met the right person, it's synchronicity, but it was my intuition that led me there. So um, even today, like I was in the hallway, I was having a crazy call with this potential amazing opportunity. And I met this person because I went to this event. I wasn't supposed to go to it. It was an event in December. I wasn't supposed to go, but something told me, my, my gut, my intuition told me, just go to this event. And I was kicking and screaming. I didn't want to go. It's like in the OC. It just feels like it's a long drive. But my intuition told me to go. I even drew a tarot card just to make sure. I was like, let me just do two, like, let me draw. Okay, I have to go. Like, I have this thing where if it tells me to go, I have to go. If I don't go, it's going to be like that. So I went, and I was so grateful I went because I literally met this person I needed to build this key piece to this this um, this network I'm trying to build. And if I didn't listen to my intuition, I would have never met this person. And so I think like what, what that quote meant, like, you know, God, the universe, source has three answers. Um, yes, no, or I have something better. To me, what that means now is, is a, finding time to align with your truth. And this is why meditation has been game changer for me. Not the close your eyes and just like, you know, breathe. Like this is like meditation. If you do it in a way that, um, a lot of like the ancient monks they teach, it's basically like microdosing ayahuasca, to be honest with you. You start seeing things, you start feeling things. It opens your heart. People just start crying. I was crying a lot. And I'm like, why am I crying all of a sudden? I'm like 20 minutes into this and just tears are streaming down my face. And why am I remembering these moments in my life? And ask yourself like, how often do you take time to really reflect? Just really think about it. Like putting your phone down and really like closing your eyes. Like don't allow any outside stimulation to stimulate you because we tend to think our reality is what we see, what we touch, what we feel, what we taste, what we hear. But then when you enter into these altered states of consciousness, you realize, well, speaking from my personal experience, there's so much more than just our five senses. Um, and you can tap into this. And so my whole journey that I've experienced on with this quote, something that's interesting is intuition can also help you tap more into your gamma state of mind. So, you know, like right now we're all in beta state of mind, like our, our brainwaves, we're in beta. So that's why we're able to like talk and react and everything. When we're in a meditative state, it's alpha. When we're sleeping, it's more delta. And when we're in between like sleep and awake, it's trance, it's theta. But the one that's really interesting, which is the highest frequency is gamma. That's, that's like the epiphanies. That's the ideas that come in. And so a lot of the meditation techniques I learned helped me access gamma where I'm able to receive answers. I'm able to receive epiphanies, uh, bliss. It's really crazy. And when you access that, I feel like this is really where you can hear the answer so clearly. Um, and so now that I'm older and I'm hearing that quote again, it's like, oh, that's just my higher self reminding me, just continue following your intuition. And if you feel like you can't hear it, then that that's an invitation for you to maybe take time to like, you know, s like quiet your mind, quiet everything around you and really listen to yourself. Like, 
tap more into that space. Like, um, intuition is so personal for everyone. I know everyone accesses it differently. I know some people, they access it through dreams. They get their dreams is really like a like a like a bridge between them and intuition. For other people, it's you know it's very clear for them. Um, but this is an advice I give to so many creators: is the moment you the more you can access your intuition, you have more clarity on it. You will know exactly what you need to do. The indecisiveness will start melting away, and you'll have more clarity. Brandy, um, question for you next: What mantra are you living by right now? You always have such wise words out there on the Instagram. So I'm like, what's the mantra right now, sister? What is it? What's the one right now? Uh, Hmm. I mean, simply put, there's room. There's room. There's space um, for me to be more. Um, I mean, and that's like not poetic or anything, but that's literally playing in my head all day, all the time these days, because I'm at a place where I'm like, all right, it's time for, you know, opening up for abundance. It's time to stop dimming. Um, It's time to look at a thing and say, I too can have that thing, Um, that there's nothing blocking me from having it. And I, uh, this whole idea of how the universe is constantly expanding, I was looking into that and I was thinking that as the unit, or I read that as the universe is expanding, it is creating the space that it is expanding into, right? So the space isn't there waiting for it. It's like as it expands, the space is created. And I was thinking, you know, how does that apply to me? It means that as I'm expanding and as I'm expecting more and opening up to more, then more will be created for me, right? So it's not like go and find a seat at the table. It's like as I expand, the seat will be created for me or I will have another table created for me. So I don't have to go looking for spaces. I don't have to go finding room for myself. I don't have to look at somebody else's space and try to recreate it. As I expand into whatever I'm expanding into, there is space for me. So in my mind, it's just like, oh no, we're going for more. We're going for more and there's space for me. And that doesn't take away from the space that is for you or you like literally there's space for all of us to expand fully and completely. And it just adds to us. It doesn't take away from anybody else. So that's, that's where I am. That's the mantra. That's it. All right. Yes, there is room. Thank you. Michaela, Question for you. I'd love to ask you about sensuality. You've said that sensuality and sexuality can often be convoluted because they both hold so much power. Can you share some ways that we as women can further explore our own sensuality? Yes. Um, this is like my favorite thing to talk about. But um, yeah, they. I think sensuality is such an incredibly powerful thing. And when you see someone who embodies it, it's like it smacks you in the face. And I think that historically, both women's sensuality and their sexuality have kind of been condemned for everything that they can hold and the power that they emit. And um, I have a belief that when we harness our own sensuality, it feeds into every aspect of our lives. So I have this little diagram and it's like pleasure, productivity, 
um, power. And so the more pleasure we harness and the more we live pleasurable lives, we can harness that energy into creating beautiful things, into our relationships that feed into greater aspects of our lives that feed back to us. Um, that's how I define productivity. And, um, and then power. It's like everything that you create from a place of love holds an incredible abundance. And to your point, like there's room for all of it. And it's almost like a, a water droplet that drops in and it just keeps going and you see how far it can go. And sometimes I even sort of drop into myself and close my eyes and I kind of take a scan of how far I can see that light going out from myself. And some days it's not very strong. And I'm like, okay, we're just going to work on that today. And then other days it's like, you know, popping through the windows. And so I think that all of us have this really innate special thing, but because we confuse it with sexuality, it can feel like it holds a lot of shame and um, secret parts of ourselves that we don't usually show to people. And so can we tease out sensuality from sexuality and how can we define what that word means for each of us? Because it's different for each of us. What's right for me and my sensual self is not the same as everyone else. And when we really get down to the nitty gritty of the word sensual, that is just being within our senses. It's just you know, how this dress feels on my skin, how the sun feels, I'm getting like a little flushed, like all of those beautiful things that make us human. And we can really bask in those feelings. And we're the only mammalian beings that really just like seek sensuality and pleasure as just sort of a means of being. And so like, can you imagine having that access and not using it? Like that blows my mind. And so, yeah, did that answer your question? Yes, it sure did. Okay. Yeah, and I'm watching all three of these ladies just smile and be like, <laughs> so yes, good. I want that. So yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yeah. so good. Thanks, Michaela. Savannah, as an artist, how do you find the inner confidence to keep the imposter syndrome at bay? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think it is... It's hard, especially when you're first starting out and you're so new to everything. And um, I've definitely fallen into those patterns before. Um, but I think it's kind of what we were talking about before, like self-reflection and really finding who you are through and through. Um, there's something that just kind of clicks and you just feel so good being who you are. Um, and good things start happening. People start complimenting, wow, you look so glowy today or, you know, and, and you're just being, um, who you are and, and making decisions that just feel good, you know, um, staying true to yourself. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's still hard at times, um, especially in the music industry. It's very easy to kind of fall into that. But I think at the end of the day, just kind of choosing, realizing who you are, um, and just, yeah making decisions that way and doing your best. Yeah. And it really doesn't matter what level you get to. There's always that feeling of like, okay, totally. now there's somebody else in the room that I've got to yeah. like measure up to. Yeah, no, for sure. And social media doesn't help. Um, <laughs> definitely plays a factor into it, but, um, yeah, it, it, it just, it feels really 
good being who you are. I, I think that's so simple, and I probably sound really cheesy saying that, but um, yeah, it's a very like liberating feeling. Yeah, and not cheesy at all. Thanks. Not at all. <laughs> Alex, I know you love your rituals, your morning journaling, your yoga in the sunshine, your evening fires, your daily affirmations. What are your favorite daily practices that help you stay connected to that intuition that Michelle's talking about? I watch out. Buckle up, baby, because you've got to tame me down on this stuff. It's my favorite thing to talk about as well. Um, similarly to some of the other experiences shared today, I had a time where my relationship, my life as I knew it, and I know many of us experienced this during the pandemic, really, like, my life was ripped for me. Like, work, my the borders closed, and I was ending a very... Uh, what I learned later was a very toxic relationship, et cetera. And I'd never really been alone. And my rituals were the only thing that I could, it was what got me through the day, honestly, um, when I didn't, because I had been working full-time as um, an influencer and a content creator since like 2016, 17. And so to have none of the things that kept me busy, to be without my partner, to be completely isolated from friends and family in a city where Yes, I've lived, but it, it wasn't my hometown. Um, it felt like a lot. So I started just being as gentle with myself as I could. And it began with just making a wholesome breakfast every day, just like taking the time to cook the eggs and listen to music. And then I put a hammock up, like little by little, my intuition, which I discovered is a lot of it was my inner child that needed to be healed. And now I'm dealing with the teenager and that's a whole nother bag of worms. <laughs> She's here today. She's always around lately, but, um, I find that she would guide me if I let her tell me what she wanted. And I was, it was so emotional. Like I remember I cried myself to sleep most nights and there was music that would comfort me in that. And I actually put that same soundtrack, the, the, the album that I would listen to then. I put it on the other night when I was feeling emotional. I'm, I've been working on another emotional project. I feel like as we're ready for things to come up, they come up. And a new one's been coming up. And so I, I put myself in bed like I would when I was back then. And I had a flashback to that time and how precious those, those rituals were. And I realized that, I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but life has gone from zero to six, six so fast. Like not only like are we expected to be, I feel like where we were before the pandemic, I almost feel like there's this unstated expectation that we almost are like more productive to make up for all the time we lost. Yes. And that is so much. And so I realized lately I've been doing my journaling, my meditation, my this, but it was really just kind of like pomp and circumstance. Like I did it to check it off my list to be a good girl. Mm -hmm. And lately I've tried to be more relaxed about it to really what everyone's been mentioning today, just drop into that place. And I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Like to me, I do feel like, uh, yes, that I'm connected to source, but it comes through like guides or my inner child, or there's so many different ways that it communicates, but it tells me what it needs. So lately what I'm doing is kind of an unstructured morning routine where I ask like, what do I need today? And sometimes that's time in the hammock, yoga on the front porch. My neighbors, by the way, all think I'm out of my mind. Like all the kids will walk to school and everyone will do it. I'll be just barefoot in my pajamas, like doing all these weird moves. Sometimes it's movement. Sometimes it's like a glass of water and a good cry. Sometimes I just like fall out of bed and the pages, the my journal pages just tumble out of me. It just depends. But the ones I keep going back to again and again are meditation. I actually love breath work. Breath work was probably the gateway for me being able to still my mind and body. Um, I started doing just a simple YouTube video that then led me to more experimentation. And just for me, it was the quickest way... 
I'm just diving into like a, a deeper thing here. I know a lot of us that have had childhood trauma, it doesn't always feel safe in our bodies. And so I think I had to establish a safety in my body and breath work was very helpful for me to do that. Um, and I think it's like a self-guided discovery program. I think all these things exist to bring us to the same place. They are all different ways, Google maps journeys to the same place. And you have your own unique path in that way. So try these modalities. Maybe there'll be something else. It could be flower arranging or it could be, um, everyone has their own version of what that looks like. But I think if you just start with one, it can lead you to the others. Um, well, it's kind of like a big answer to that question, but it's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. And Great. it's not that you have to have the perfect Instagram ready morning routine that we see so much out there. It's like, listen, ask, and then listen to yourself and then follow that plan. Yeah. Like the, the, it's not about doing more. It's about doing less, but sometimes we mm. need that focus to get into that state that Michelle talked about where everything is still enough that you can hear like the voice of your intuition sadly can easily be drowned out by everything else. So whatever it takes you to get to that place, let it be a playful journey to figure out what that looks like for you. Yeah. But have fun with it. Indulge in all your senses take a bubble bath and pick flowers from outside and put it in. I like to make it a creative art and a practice. And when I feel like I've lost my own creativity, all I ask of myself is to try to bring art into the little moments that I live anyway, whether that's cutting berries and putting them on a piece of toast in a beautiful way or making a playlist for the morning. Like it, creativity and ritual are so unique to us and it's, we can be living art. Yeah. And our creativity is truly lifted when we are in the rituals that are right for us. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Haletta, tell me about a time that you knew that magic was real. <laughs> that is a good question. Um, with, with you talking about intuition too, I was, I was just thinking like, what is my intuition? Like, I feel like I can't locate it. But then I realized like, oh, wait a second, like writing I feel like writing is when I write, I like activate my intuition because writing is the one place where I don't feel like I want to be true. 100%. Like I don't, I, I won't write if I can't be 100% true. And I think that's just really rare in my life because I mean, I feel like we all can kind of relate to this, but being a people pleaser growing up or whatever identities people throw on you and you're like, okay, I should be like this because I look like this in the world or I, I don't get these things. But it's like writing is the one place where I feel like I create the world. I, I just create the world. Like it, it's mine. And to have that reflection on a piece of paper and you create it, it's like so powerful. And it was really just like every moment I've leaned into writing, like truly something magical happens. Like, I don't even know what it is. Sometimes I'm like, it almost feels not witchcraft, but like, I'm almost like, wow, this is crazy. Like, I feel like the connection is so strong and powerful. And I mean, I don't even know what examples could be. I mean, okay, we could say this example. This sounds like a cool answer, but like I, at, like a few years ago, I didn't, I, I was not claiming to be a writer. I just wrote in my notes app and, um, I loved music, so I would write about music because I just felt so much and I had to write about it. And 
my best friend does Ariana Grande's hair and one of her new songs came out and I like loved it so much and I was like oh I just stayed up all night writing this review about the song Seven Rings which is this sounds really silly but it just felt so I don't know in that moment it just felt really important to me um and I just wrote something and I posted it and I was like oh can you like can you show it to her? I want her to read it. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But he's like, I'll repost it on my story. And in minutes, like she followed me, she read it, she reposted it. She was just so sweet about it. And like, I had been working for years trying to be a film and TV actress, waiting for a miracle to happen. And nothing happened because I was trying to be an idea um, of something as opposed to just being myself. And here I was just truly myself and in like a minute, a whole world opened up and I didn't even have to try. All I did was just be like we we're all saying, like dropping into that real true place. And yeah, just every time I write and do something, like something magical happens. It's really, I love it a lot. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Okay. I want to make sure we have a little time to take any questions from the all the wonderful people in the room. So one more question for each of you, and then if anyone is feeling called to ask a question, you will have an opportunity to do so. So, okay, here's the final question I have for you. If you could choose one word to embody how you feel as a woman who is being so true to herself and in a constant transformative evolution, what would your word be? And if, you know, if you need to cheat and choose two or three, that's fine too. You got one? Okay. All right. She's ready. Um, open. Open. Um, yeah. I mean, do you want me to expand or just say the word? Whatever you want to do. <laughs> I do. I just, I feel like in every aspect of my life, and it's been this way for a very long time, and you talked, you, meant, you mentioned the unknown, and I like to think of the unknown as a very sparkly place, right? That's lit up with the paths of people who've been there before, as opposed to this dark, scary place, like the unknown. So I really look forward to the unknown, uh, and I just... I like to remain open because I don't know what's the best path. I don't know how expansive my life can be. So it's like, show me. Um, so I don't miss out. So yeah. Open. open. Awesome. Yeah. And Brandy, where can everyone find you and your work? Um, the, obviously Instagram will guide you to all the places, but, uh, Brandy freely, B R A N D I E freely. Um, that's my handle and website and yeah. All the things. All the things are there. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Who else has got a word ready? Are you ready? Yes. It came to me and then Brandy spoke and I felt like it was like reassurance. Expansive is what came to me. Yes. It's a similar thing. I want to be okay with not being the same person I was mm -hmm. last year, yesterday. I want to be okay saying that what used to work for me didn't anymore and I want to be able to accept the new versions of myself. I think... People think that we are this, I mean, impermanence is the only thing that we can really rely on. And I've found like my style, we were actually talking before the panel about how 
you had asked me, oh, do you wear a lot of color? And I was like, I used to only wear black when I didn't feel comfortable being seen. Then I felt like I had to correct that, hyper-correct that by wearing crazy colors. And then over the pandemic, I was very much into a mode of healing and I wanted to wear neutrals and things that were soft on the eyes, soft on the skin. And now I'm back into color. And it's okay to reinvent ourselves. It's okay to expand. And I love what you said about the spaces as we expand, like the spaces will appear because this scarcity mentality that there's not enough to go around, like I think the opposite of scarcity is expansiveness. And Alex, where can everyone find you if they want to stay connected after today? Same. I mean, Instagram. I'm, I'm across the board. I'm Alex Michael May on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Pinterest, like whatever. Um, I'm Alex Michael May across the board. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Who else is ready? You got yours, Michaela? I have one. Okay. Kind of, they're all, they all go hand in hand. Mine, the first thing that came very loud was um, experimental. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the concept of being, allowing myself to be ever evolving, but even more so there's like a playfulness to experimental. And I think like I no longer look at anything like my relationship, my work as this thing of, of like I'm either good at it or I'm not especially I think in relationships or long-term work relationships, um, as in like you to what you're doing in your modality or a company, it's like, you know, it's just an experimentation. Like being good, having um, a successful career is just an ever-evolving experimentation. And when you look at it that way, it doesn't feel like there's like this element of failure that feels like the way we define failure right now in our society, it feels more like just kind of like, okay, now I take the next approach. I like put in the next ingredient and see what happens. So I think that experimentation. Yes, yes, we should all experiment. Yeah, we should all be experimenting a lot more. And where can everyone find you? You can find me at Michaela D'Artois on Instagram, and then again, it'll lead you everywhere. it's kind of hard to spell, so I'll spell it, but it's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A-D-A-R-T-O-I-S, and Inner Eros is my private practice, Perfect. where we talk about all the yummy, juicy things, so go over there. And you have a discount code for your new orgasm book. I do. I just launched a book about cultivating your deepest pleasure, so it's for people who either don't know if they've ever experienced orgasm or haven't or even just want to explore that further. Really, it's for literally everyone. It's also for people who love people with female anatomy as well. Um, And so I'm offering a 10% discount code, and that code is WOMEN10. Awesome. And it'll be on the website. It's called Your Orgasm Blueprint. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Savannah, you ready? Um, I loved everyone's. I was going to say vulnerable. Um, I also just have had a lot of issues being vulnerable in all relationships. Um, So I think that, yeah, I think finding who you really are through and through takes a lot of vulnerability. Um, Facing some tough questions, asking yourself a lot of them. Um, And yeah, I think that was the, the biggest one for me. Awesome. And tell us where we can find you and where to get the newest single. Uh, my Instagram, all my socials are the real Savannah. Someone took my full name, so we went with that one. Um, and yeah, just on Spotify under Savannah Uten. Awesome. All right. Michelle, you ready? Um, I don't know. I just kept the word that came to my mind was just fearless. Maybe that's something I'm trying to embody more of is 
it's so true what they say, like, if you step into the, the unknown, that's where transformation waits for you. Because if you just do the same thing all the time and you do things that are safe, how can you really evolve? How can you really change? And so oftentimes, and from my own personal experience, whenever I put myself in a very uncomfortable situation or I push myself, I, I push myself to be more courageous, I stepped into that unknown, um, I was always surprisingly uh, happy with the outcome. Oftentimes it's, I would see growth. I would see evolution. I would just, my mind would expand. It would be opened and you'd be surprised. Like it's really the expectation of the fear is what holds you. Cause it's not as bad. It's like the idea of like when you have a dentist appointment and everyone's so scared of like going to the dentist, but when you're done, it's not bad. You're like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. But it's really that that anticipation of the fear is really what's holding us back. And so something I'm trying to just be better at is just being more courageous and brave and being more fearless and stepping Amazing. to the unknown. Amazing. And everyone can find you and M Cosmetics. Yes. M Cosmetics. M means a little brother, little sister in Vietnamese. It's EM and, um, just Michelle Phan, P H A N on Instagram or dot com. It's where you can find me. Amazing. Thank you. And Haleta, your word. Um, so my word is electric um, because I just, it's one of my favorite words. I have it tattooed on my body. I have a blog that's electric. Anyways, it, it's a really important word to me because I notice that when I'm, again, like dropped in or if I'm really present, I feel like we don't talk a lot about how like presence carries so much energy with it. And when you're really like deeply present in the moment and your, your thoughts aren't clouding you or your anxieties, I like feel electric. Like I feel like I hold the synchronicities in my hand, you know, like anything I touch, it will like zap. Um, so yeah, I know when I'm like dropped in and I'm kind of buzzing, it's like life feels electric and I know I'm, I know I'm living correctly and I'm open. But honestly, all the words yeah. that everyone said. Yeah, I claim all of those yeah. words. Yeah, we all claim all of the words. And where can everyone find you, the Substack, your book, all the good oh, stuff? Oh, yes. So, again, Instagram is kind of the best way. It's um, Haleta, H-A-L-L-E-T-A. And I brought just a couple copies of my book if anyone wants to, like, Yay. look through it. Um, but, yeah, just come talk to me and you can check it out. Amazing. Thank you. It's incredible. Yes. I have cosine, cosine, everyone. Cosine yes. for light. Um, okay. So I want to, I want to open up the floor and again, we can keep this really intimate. If you've got a question, just let's go for it. Who's, who's feeling called? I see some like, I see some like readiness. Okay. We'll come over here first. Um, so wait, tell us your name. Hi. Um, my name is Chelsea Sick and I recently started making content a year ago and I do comedy stuff. So means comedy and on my brand is I'm a clown, which you um, celebrate failure in public. But first, I just wanted to thank you guys for being so vulnerable and generous in sharing your thoughts and wisdom. I feel like to be able to do that, you would have to put a lot of work into yourself, and it really shows. So, um, what do you need help in right now? That this is just like the <laughs> kindness of this space, where she's like, "How can we help you?" <laughs> yes. Yeah, Savannah, you want to start? What do I need help with? Um, for me, like, I love, if I see something that I love or if I 
came across one of your videos and I just thought it was so funny. I would immediately comment it, like it, like show you how much I loved it. Um, and I think for me, at least when I see comments like that, or even if we privately message of just like, hey, you know, this has meant so much to me. Um, I love those little nuggets of things. It just, yeah, it makes me feel so good because it's such a, the music industry is such a dark place. It can be really um, challenging. So yeah, I think just sharing the love, like I see so many things, my friends and I talk about this all the time, and we just never tell people that we like it. We're like, oh gosh, that, that song was so good. Well, did you tell her you liked it? Mm, no. Um, so yeah, I think if you feel it, then just say it. Um, same thing as like when I'm walking on the street, I've just, I've, I talked to my dad about this, like just smile at people more and then they'll smile back at you and then you just have the best day ever. And that's the most simple thing ever. Like, why aren't we doing that more? Um, yeah, I guess, I don't even know, did I answer that properly? Yeah, I Is think that you like, absolutely did. Okay. Yeah. Sharing the love. Aletta, what help? Um, first, that's a really interesting question. Um, I would say because my, what I like to write about is like kind of the abstract feelings we experience through life, like things you don't really talk about with other people, <laughs> like easily. So I just want to know how people are actually feeling like in a, not even like, Oh, I'm like really struggling in my relationship. No, like even deeper, like, how are you struggling with uh, living as a human being? Like, I don't know. Those are the, that's really what I want to talk about. And being able to like hear other people thinking like, wow, it feels weird that I even exist. Like very like those kind of thoughts. I'm like, wow, amazing. We can, what I'm writing has an audience. Like, you know what I'm feeling. I don't feel so alone. And like my experience as a human, which sounds really crazy. Obviously I'm not alone in my experience, but like, I just want to know other people are having really deep, weird, abstract thoughts. So it'll motivate me to be like, yes, okay. I can share because I'm not just talking to avoid. So everyone DM Haletta your weirdest thoughts. Please. I would love it. Yes. Amazing. All right, Michaela. Oh, I love this question so much. I actually spent a lot of time this week um, speaking to some female clients of mine about how difficult it feels to ask for things. Even the smallest, tiny little seedling of a thing, it feels like we have to have it all figured out and we kind of glorify hyper-independence. And I think um, for myself, the biggest thing that I would like to ask is that we, similar to yours, like we talk about things like our, you know, you don't have to tell someone about your sexuality, but like we talk about these things in a way and we share information and we share helpful information and true information so that women have the power to have bodily autonomy and also make decisions that are right for their bodies and make informed decisions when either going to the doctor or um, being intimate with a partner or a new partner or even just interacting with other people in their everyday. I think we have such little information um, that's helpful to us and the more we share it, the more people we can help. Brandy, what about you? Um, I love this question because I think, and I, I don't know exactly what way you mean, like, how can we help? Like, is there, are there connection opportunities? Or That's kind of how I took it. Um, and I think it's really cool to ask that question because as we're sitting on this platform, it could seem like maybe we don't need any help. And that's not true for me. For me, um, I have a list, girl. 
Um, <laughs> I am looking for more connections that will take me to higher places. I'm specifically, I would love to have a mentor that I can like really connect with and that can, you know, show me something new. Um, I tend to be the mentor and I just have taken that role on like, well, that's just who I am. But then I'm like, well, wait a minute, where am I going? You know what I mean? So I would like to have a mentor. Um, I need some time if you have some of that. Um, <laughs> I need time. Um, yeah, like the list goes on, but I have given myself permission to need those things and I've spoken them out just like I've done right now and literally like, no lie, like about November, I started to say, you know what, I'm expanding. That's what I'm doing. And then things just started happening and doors started opening. So before I came here, I was at a, a business accelerator that I got accepted to because I just decided to to apply for it, you know, because I'm very, I'm a visionary and I have all the ideas, but business is just not my thing. So I need help in business. So I, I put that out in, in that I need that. And then here I have it, you know, so there's, there's a list and I'm not one that shies away from asking. Um, so I just appreciate that question a lot. Yeah. 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 Thanks Chelsea for asking it. Alex, what about you? I feel like there's so much synergy because so many things that have been said are just very much same. I feel like I feel like what I've received from today already is just permission to be the most currently expansive version of myself. Um, and so even the invitation to that question is like, I realize I don't like asking for help. I don't like asking for support. Um, I won't even ask people to come to a birthday brunch for me. I literally don't do anything. Like I do not do anything like that for myself. And so, um, to me, the gift was the question in itself. And just a reminder that that's something that I need to continue to ask. I'm also have recently entered my sphere that I think I could use a mentor. Um, in I feel like I'm in a very transitional period. I call it the waiting room. And I feel like I've been in the waiting room for so long and that I know I've, I guess, outgrown my current life as a content creator. Um, as far as like bringing, um, my creativity to brands and, and that is amazing and I love it, but I know that there's a huge missing piece of my soul conversations like this is, um, things that I'm very excited about. Like I do want to start a podcast. I, I have a really cool idea for a product line that I have absolutely no idea that I won't even speak out loud because I'm like, I've had the vision for so long and I have no idea where to begin. So I think mentorship in certain areas and just a reminder that I guess speaking to what you said as well, like I, I always think that these thoughts are bobbing around in my head alone and just knowing that I'm not the only one that's experiencing this or feels the transition or feels, I feel like as a collective, we are entering into in a completely new time. And I feel like this space is really indicative of that. So just that reminder is really helpful. So thanks for that beautiful question. And Michelle, what about you? I mean, everyone had such wonderful answers. Um, when I was hearing, like, even when you're asking me, I'm like, oh, it's true. I don't really ask people for help. Like, I, I'm usually the one helping people. So it was such a great question because it really made me think more about my own desires and my own insecurities, what I really need help in. And I think, because I had time to really think about it as everyone was talking, I think what I really need the most help in personally is um, for someone to hold space I think that's really key because for me as a creator and also as like an entrepreneur, it's so hard to 
really connect with women and connecting with women who aren't projecting their insecurities onto you, you know, where you feel like you have to edit what you say, you have to like hold yourself back, you know? And so I guess what I need a lot of, and also people I know is just people who can hold space and who could be non-judgmental. I think that's massive is withholding judgment and just really holding space for someone so that they can truly be vulnerable and be themselves and really say what they have to say. Because most people in this world, they just really want to feel seen, heard and acknowledged. And I think that's why, um, when they don't have any of those aspects met, they go online and they become trolls or they attack other people because they just, what they're really looking for is love. And so I guess maybe in a way, the simple answer is what I need help in is really love. Just more love is what I'm always looking for. Thank you. Okay. My name is Al tonight. Um, thank you for being here and sharing your thoughts. Um, so there was actually a little bit of background. So there was an event previously to this and um, Andy and Michelle were here. And I'm just like, this basically reminds my, reminds me of my past self and how far I've come in my own journey just because so much has happened since that event, which comes in full circle. Um, and of course, we all have those days where we just want to lay in bed or, you know, it's just you don't have that energy to make that even cup of coffee or um, whatever your routine is. Um, but then sometimes I have, I see myself defining myself as that person that's laying in bed, that's not doing anything, that's being lazy. And I put that as a separate person to the person that I am online. So the person that I am online, it can be, it's like this alter ego that's like, yes, I have my shit together. But then when I'm at home or when I do have those like bad days, oh, I'm, I'm the, that, that must be the real me, right? So how do you find that balance of just like, feeling okay that it's okay to have those like of course days that you're going to be so down or um and not have that separation because you are both right so i don't know if that makes sense. yeah absolutely um alex do you want to take this one Sure. I feel that's so hard. I'm like currently in the midst of figuring that out myself um i think for me sharing like little bits of that real, real part of you when you feel brave enough has been really helpful for me. Um, just to snap the illusion that if anyone thinks that I have it together, I absolutely don't. We're all walking each other at home. We're all figuring this out together. Um, so I think that sounds to me like an invitation for gentleness. Like what are the qualities of yourself? Like, do you feel that you're putting on a mask when you're going and doing these things? And if so, what are your core values and what values do you see in both spheres? Like it's got like a little Venn diagram of like who you are online, who you are, you know, at your core that is unshakable. And like, where do those places overlap? Something I've been asking myself a lot lately is, am I stepping out of my integrity as when I'm creating certain things or doing certain things? And sometimes I realize I am, or, or maybe my values have changed. And I think if you can, distill your core values of who you are as a person and what you want to share and what, what feels the most true to you and then find a way to share that both online and offline. And also it sounds to me like a, an invitation for gentleness with who you are offline, because I very much relate there. I actually took a mental health day on Tuesday and I've never done that. Um, I pushed a campaign that was due. I told like my assistant not to come and I laid in my hammock and like cried and did weird stuff all day. Like I did my weird little woo woo stuff. And 
my fear was like, oh my gosh, if people knew how weird I really was, like this whole, but people want to know that side of you because we all have, and if today isn't an example that we all have those sides of ourselves, like you do not have to be productive. You do not have to show up online. You do not have to, I actually literally was journaling about this on that mental health day. And to me, it came up as a worthiness perspective. Am I worthy of rest? Am I worthy of, um, the basic, something like, I'm sure we all do this where last night I found myself sitting in a dark room because the lights, the sun had gone down. I had to pee so bad. I was so hungry and I was just scrolling on my phone like obsessively and comparing myself to everyone else and saying, oh, I did nothing today. Look what this person does. Look at this campaign. Oh, she's launched this thing. It's so easy to go there. We really have to be protective of our minds. And I think it's an invitation for you to ask like, what constitutes lazy? What con why am I not worthy when I'm doing this, but I'm worthy when I'm doing that? Like to me, that all kind of stems down to your value system. And maybe something like that is some maybe if you could take a day and just let yourself play and say like, what are my values? Who am I when no one's watching? How can I be that same person online and offline? And how can I also protect my boundaries and give myself days to lay in bed and do nothing? Because you're just as worthy of a person and you're just as worthy of love and all of the things like your birthright is joy. Someone said about pleasure earlier and pleasure is truly the portal. I think to discovering who you are and what you stand for. And we don't think that we deserve pleasure until we've done X, Y, Z. So maybe reverse engineer that a little bit, but I'm sure other people have things. I don't know. Yes, of course you can. Okay. The writer in me wants to say to you that if we are reading a book or watching a movie or a TV show, like the flat characters that never change are not the ones that we remember. And so story sells. So as you're creating your content, you know, your followers, they would probably love to know more about you, like how you change, you know, how you go up and down. And the truth is you are both of those things. And so are they, they are multiple things. And so they can relate more to you by you exposing all of the parts of you. So I think you may find a better connection if you open up you know, and reveal those sides of you. Um, and then you, to me, I'm, I'm again, a writer. I'm like, that's a character that I would remember, right? Is one that is, that changes, um, and doesn't stay the same all the time. So I, I'd love to add, um, to this too, just because, um, you being Asian and me being Asian, when I was listening to you, I was really feeling your heart and it, reminded me of a story of a friend of mine who is Asian American and we were just relating to the fact that a lot of Asian parents, they tend to be very conditional with their love and they don't mean to be, but like, you know, if you, if you get a B, I love you, but if you get an A plus, I'll love you more. I'll give you this. And so what ends up happening is that it starts conditioning us to be more performative where we have to always constantly perform and perform and outperform and outperform. And then we become so judgmental to ourselves if we don't reach and hit this measure of performance. And that's why I think it's so important to spend time like unpacking and doing self-work and really asking yourself like these thoughts, these feelings, these values, are there my core values or are there values that were instilled from my parents? And part of growing up as an adult too is parenting yourself and parenting your parents again and lovingly like thanking them for what they taught you, but also knowing like our parents also grew up with so much trauma and they're grown up kids and they're, they're unknowingly passing on that trauma onto you and it becomes this generational trauma of just becoming the same thing and maybe what makes 
our generation so unique and special because we have access to so much information in the internet is we're now exposed to so many other people's experiences and their thoughts and we relate to it and then now we're able to become aware about these ideas and um, I think what's so wonderful is taking the time to you know like you know lovingly letting go of some of the um, programs that our parents instilled in us at a young age, a lot of childhood stuff, there's a lot to unpack. It took me, I would say, three years to unpack a lot of stuff. And then now I feel like I have such a good relationship with my mom. She doesn't feel like she has to, you know, she can finally let go and enjoy life too. I think um, immigrant parents, they tend to live with a very strong scarcity mindset. And so they, they, they don't realize, like, um, becoming judgmental and teaching that onto you is a bad value. You know, they, they don't know. And so part of our job as our generation growing up online is just having access to this information, learning about it, um, and lovingly, like, letting go of some of these apps. I call them, like, our brain is basically a phone and we have all these old apps. Just uninstalling them and install new apps that can help you, that can, that really align with who you are and that can amplify your true potential. Thank you. Okay. Next question. How did you know that this path is the one you should follow? And then in relation to this path, what would you have told your 16-year-old or 20-year-old self? I don't know. Oh, so good. So how did you know that this was the path you wanted to follow? And what would you tell your 16 or 20-year-old self? Can I take this one? Yes, Because I sure recently can. pivoted. So I feel like it's fresh. I think that, what would you tell your 16-year-old self? I think that the way that I knew this was the right path for me, and I would love to hear your guys' thoughts as well, is that it no longer felt like I was pushing a boulder uphill. Like, everything I believed in, all of my personal ethics, um, the way that I approach my life, the way that I approach other people in community, it all of a sudden started to click and it started to flow. And, you know, I'm talking about very stigmatized topics. You know, I'm like, who wants to talk about their sex life? You know, it's like it can be really stigmatized and maybe in the field that you're in as well, a lot of that can be stigmatized. But as soon as I started authentically approaching it and taking ownership of it, others showed up as well. And I realized that it created such beautiful space for others to also be themselves and speak about the things that maybe they haven't been able to or found safe spaces to talk about. And it felt like a really safe container. And I think if I could tell my 16-year-old self anything, it would be, first of all, to lean into all of my weird interests and, um, and like that I am fucking smart. <laughs> like, I think people made me feel really dumb for a long time, specifically like teachers and people that I looked up to and I thought had authority. And now when I look back, I'm just like, you're just like a crusty old man that teaches math. Like, okay. Um, and I think that that to me was something that I, it took, you know, we all have our things that we have to evolve through. And mine specifically was my intelligence. And I don't think I would have come back to this new pivot in this new industry um, if I hadn't healed that in myself and been like, oh yeah, you are fucking smart and you can do this. And I think, um, yeah, just like 
talk to that inner 16, like you were saying, like you're healing your inner teenager and I love that. And that sounds so fun. Like I want to hang out, I want to hang out. And actually this is like going to make me cry. But recently I saw a photo of myself. I was a bit younger than that. And I, I don't, you know, know where I'm at with the desire to have kids. But when I saw the photo of myself, I was like, I don't want a daughter. I want to hang out with her. Like I want to hang, it made me cry. I was like, I want to spend all day with her and you know, just be like, what do you want to do? Like, let's talk about it. Like, what do you ask me questions? I'm going to ask you questions. And I think that if we can get into a space and do that and get really clear on what she wants to hear and tell her the things she needs to know, that's like special. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to add to all the beauty that you just said, but follow the weird in whatever weird interests that, um, you had, like, because the thing you're supposed to do, it will account for all of it. Like, there will be room for all of it. So it would be, pay attention to the things you love, but don't be married to what it's going to look like. Like, the packaging of it. I feel like I was so focused on the packaging when I was a teenager, which kind of led me through my 20s to be like, wait, this isn't working, but that's these are the things that will let me go there. But it's not true. Like, you have no idea what this package of loves and, and passions will look like. It might not even exist yet. So it's just, just follow what you love and, and, and like, make room for all of it, and then something will happen. Yeah. I wanted to add to that something that, I don't know, captured me the last few weeks is this idea. I read a quote about how Michelangelo doesn't carve out an angel like he, like he currently is doing that. I meant like when he did, he said that his job was simply to reveal what was already in the marble. And I love this concept of, we don't have to like fix ourselves and heal ourselves. And I think we are in this obsession with self-help, which is incredible and it has changed my life. But I find that it's not about the doing, but it's more about the unlearning um, of, of all the conditioned patterns that we've been taught. I also was always told that I was a dumb blonde and I wasn't given it. Like I was kind of left to my own devices when I was young. And so I never had anyone see like, Oh, you have a talent in that. You should pursue that. Um, I only saw like what I wasn't good at. And I think a lot of us have those conditioned patterns. And the more time I spend with myself, I realize this voice has been here all along and I just have to, my only job is just to remove all the blocks that are in the way that are already there. Like I had an epiphany this morning, literally my source told me like, cause I'm always like, what should I be doing with my life? What am I supposed to do? I don't know. And then it was today, it was like, you're a writer, duh. And I haven't been acting as that in the world, but that doesn't mean that I'm any less of that. And I realized like I was given a vision in like 2016 of some of the things that I was supposed to be doing that haven't happened. And so I think I thought that I was ridiculous, but I think sometimes we're given that information in different packaging far before we're ready to know what it means. And there's a reason why future things are kept future because sometimes we are not grounded enough or we don't have the capacity to receive what is for us. And I think the work is not necessarily about like molding yourself and shaping yourself to be that person, but about removing all of the layers, keeping you from your true essence, I think. And if I were to tell younger me again, I would agree with say, lean into your weirdness, like trust that all these people who are telling you who you are, like are going to be 
Like this is their peak. Let them have their moment. You are going to go on and have yours. And I grew up in a, like in Nebraska. And I remember we drive like hours to go to old Navy or anthropology and none of the clothes would fit me. Cause I was always plus size and I always felt different. And now I work with those brands. And if I could tell her like, don't worry, like what makes you different and like the trauma that you face that helped you have empathy for others, like all the things that are what I thought my barriers to entry are actually the greatest gifts I've been given. And I can alchemize anything that's happened into beauty and share it with others. Like we are all doing here today. So I think just sometimes we just have to allow the path to unravel as it will. And it's the patience that is the hardest part. And those context clues are there the whole way. Like now when I look back, everything that makes me who I am now was always there, but it was just buried a little bit behind those blocks and some rubble. And I'm, the same person I was. I've just now stepped into her a little bit more. Thank you. Such a beautiful question. Yes. Okay. We had one more question over here. Yeah, I had a question. So in terms of words of wisdom or life advice, and I guess to give some context, I'm 19, and I was just curious, is there anything else that you would have done differently at my age, or do you guys have any words of wisdom for the youth? At 19, I just remember I was rushing my life. So bad like I just wanted everything to hurry up like and get there and I wanted to somehow know that everything was going to work out like I did not want to wait for anything um I got right out of college and I did everything by the book I got married at 22 that didn't work out like I just was doing everything I thought I was supposed to be doing because I had no clue what it meant to allow something to unfold and so now at 38 I'm like I, what, what was I rushing for? Because I couldn't rush it anyway. Like it was just going to come as it was going to come. And I think too, that there's no wrong path you can take. Mm -hmm. Like whatever road you take, it's going to lead you to right where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. So I think for me, like I would go back, like she asked and tell my 16 or 19 year old self to just like be at ease. Like it's all working out. It's all working together. So Thanks, Brandy. Anyone else want to share words of wisdom for Jonathan? You know that saying, if you, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life? Such bullshit. <laughs> you, if you do what you love, you'll hate what you love. Yeah. Um, but if you love what you do, if you really love what you do, and you love what you do more, you, you'll work harder. Because being an entrepreneur is a lot of work. But if you truly love what you do, it's not that it's going to feel like work, but you hit flow state. So my best recommendation to, especially like the youth, I know your generation, you guys grew up watching Shark Tank. You guys already know about cap table and everything is um, enjoy being young too. Like have room to make mistakes because everything is a lesson. Like every relationship, good or bad, they're all lessons. Every person in this room is a reflection of who you are. So where your energy goes, where you put your focus that's, it's a reflection of you. And so, you know, take this time to really just enjoy, because everyone always, especially like I meet kids who are like 15, 12, and they have like millions of followers, and they're trying to like, like, you know, raise money. It's like, dude, just enjoy being a kid too, because you only have one childhood. And so in your case, like you're already setting yourself up for success. Like I want to remind you too, to just take it easy, like um, find moments where you can really play, have fun, um, make mistakes too. It's okay. Don't be so hard on yourself. Um, 
sometimes we tend to judge ourselves a lot. Like if we judge ourselves a lot, we judge other people. If we don't love ourselves, we don't love other people. Like really how you feel about yourself, you will mirror that to other people. So take time to really just be kind to yourself. Open that heart. I feel like a lot of guys, especially Asian guys too, we don't, a lot of Asian guys I know, they don't have a lot of space where they can be vulnerable. And I think it's going to be really important for you to find a community that can hold space for you with no judgment and just allow you to be vulnerable. That's going to be really key for you. I just want to piggyback about the, just exactly what you said about finding your people. I think I spent a lot of time when I was 18, 19, spending so much time getting the people in my sphere to like me, to respect me, to whatever, as a woman, especially as a plus size woman, like the idea of like, oh, I hope that one of them would ever want to date me or I hope that like this person thinks I'm worthy. Like I saw myself through the lens of everyone around me through success on the internet, through whatever. And I feel like I wasted so much time trying to be what everyone else wanted that it stripped away any self-identity I had and I had to start from scratch. So if you still have that, I think the younger you are, the more you remember who you were when no one was watching, what you loved to do before it involved pay or accolades or anything like that. If you can lean into what makes you so uniquely you, you were literally created and gifted and, and created to be that for a reason. A lot of us then have to stop and uncover all of that. If you can figure out what that is now, lean in, and instead of trying to get people to accept you or like you as you are, letting the right people find you and building your community, I think you can be mirrors for each other. And I think that that's also something I wish I would have learned a lot sooner. So we're going to wrap up here and thank you all so much for coming. Um, thank you to all of our panelists. So let's give our panelists a big round of applause. Thank you so much. Just beautiful wisdom. We will hang around for a few minutes. So if you want to take some photos, we definitely want to make sure we take pictures and you have a gift bag, so make sure you get your gift bag. And go give the podcast a follow. It's Your Woo Woo BFF. And this episode will be airing in about two weeks. So you'll get to hear this conversation all again and just be reminded of all the goodness from today. Ten, thank you so much for having us here at Urban Unity. Big cheers for Ten and the Urban <laughs> Unity team. And with that, we are complete. So much love for every one of you. Thanks for being here today. And let's go take some photos and give some hugs. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much to the team at Urban Unity for hosting our very first podcast event. If you want to know the secret to growth, abundance, and success, if you didn't already get enough good, juicy stuff from this conversation today, my biggest takeaway is that it's all about surrounding yourself with the right people. So keep that in mind. Let those lessons that you've heard today stay with you and continue to seek out expansive people, expansive communities. When you start to find those relationships with people that have some of the things that you're desiring in your life, you start to call those same things into your life. So I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to have even been in the room with this collective of women that were a part of this conversation today. Before we go, I want to remind you one more time, we have a community for you here. It is called Club Cascara, and it's really why we launched it, to give you a place to step into expansion. It's a monthly membership where you can connect with other women with shared values 
creativity, evolution, and network at the same time. So drop down into the show notes, click on the link, taking you to Club Cascara to check it out. It is the price of a yoga class per month. If you've loved this episode today and have not yet given this show a review on the podcast app you are listening on, take just a moment and give us a little extra love and support by leaving us a review. You can do that on most podcast platforms simply by taking a look at the app you are listening to the show on right now and Then you'll simply tap to rate the show, leaving us five stars if you think that that is what we are deserving of. I'll be back again next week. We have a new episode every Thursday. Make sure to subscribe to the show if you want to make sure it comes straight to your phone as soon as it's released. With that, we are complete. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I hope you've loved this episode as much as I loved having an opportunity to create it. Sending you so much love, joy, and compassion. See you again very soon.